Hello and welcome back to The Ethics Pod. This is episode three, here with me, Matt Hayhurst, and... Incredible. Well done if you've made it this far with us on our journey through virtue ethics. Today, we're going for the jugular. We're going to look at the virtues themselves, the moral virtues that Aristotle outlines himself. Book yourselves in because we are going to give some examples from our own lives. Some are entertaining, some are just plain cringeworthy. So enjoy them and hopefully those examples will give you an insight to what each of the moral virtues actually mean. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Lovely. So before we crack on and have a look at the different moral virtues, it's definitely worth acknowledging that Aristotle realised there are different types of people in there in the world. They're not, not everyone's like him. No. You or me. Mm. So at least, <laughs> I love that I just put us in the bracket of Aristotle. Uh, sorry, we probably don't. <laughs> You'll realise we're not uh, in his bracket by the end of this episode, certainly no, anyway. So... Um, at least in relation to virtue ethics, he realised that there are a different type of people. So he said there are four different types of p- people. We'll start with the badans, the vicious people. Now, these vicious people, they don't even try and be virtuous. Mm. Some might refer to them as wrongans. Yeah. They've just got no intention of doing good. Then you've got the two groups of middle people. You've got continent people, and they do the virtuous thing in most circumstances, but... They have to overcome a moral dilemma. So there's an inner conflict with themselves. They think, oh, should I do this? Shouldn't I do it? And then they yeah. do the nice thing. Yeah, they haven't practised their virtues. They, they're they not experts. It's not habit yet. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so so these, are, these are all right sort of people. Mm-hmm. They're a bit in a conflict, but they're not too bad. However, as well as continent people, you get the incontinent people. Now, this raises some eyebrows uh, because it also has another meaning. Now, they don't... Uh, do what you might be thinking of. Yeah, they don't wet themselves. No, then that's not it. Um, well, they don't do it literally. They might metaphorically wet yeah, themselves. Yeah, they might metaphorically wet themselves yeah. a lot so, of the time. Yeah. These people, they face the moral conflicts internally and they usually choose the vice. Yeah, so you find a wallet on the floor, the incontinent person would probably... Would think, oh, I should oh, do this, yeah. but there's money inside. Yeah, so I'll, so, I'll take some of the money. Say, yeah. Take the money, leave the wallet on the floor, you're a bad egg. Not as bad as vicious. You've tried and you've, you've fought with yourself, but you're still not that brilliant. Yeah. Afraid, afraid incontinent people. You'll learn that we've showed traits of this person through our lives anyway. And uh, last but not least, you've got the virtuous people. They're the best, obviously. They're named after the actual ethical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they've nailed it. Um, and they're enjoying doing good. So face no moral dilemma. It's become habit. And these are your good eggs. So you've got your bad eggs that are vicious. You've got your continent people who tend to do the right thing but facing in a conflict. You've got your incontinent people. They face moral conflict but usually take the wrong side. And virtuous people and they do the good thing. Yeah. And as well as this, Aristotle also acknowledges that people seek after different types of pleasure. So he states that happiness depends upon ourselves. 
in relation to the driving force behind people's decision-making. So he's got here three types of people. Um, so you've got pleasure seekers. Um, these are people who are driven by their basic desires and simply live um, from one pleasurable experience to the next. E.g. eating loads of food, um, sleeping in all the time, uh, drinking lots of alcohol, having lots of sex. Rude. Yeah, rude people. <laughs> um, next people is seekers of honour. So Aristotle saw politicians as seekers of honour. How things have changed. Things have changed dramatically. Um, but these are people who try to find out um, solutions to important problems and get a sense of honour from doing that. If only we had, if those only we had that nowadays, yeah. But, um, we've got Jacob Rees, Morgan, Boris Johnson. But anyway, less of that. So Naming names, you're throwing shade know, out Yeah, there. yeah, sorry, Goodness. can't help it. Um, and then you've got those who love contemplation. Okay, So these are philosophers and thinkers, and obviously these people are the best. That's okay. what Aristotle thought anyway. Yeah. Bear in mind, he is a philosopher and a thinker yeah. and a scientist, yeah. and he's all of those things rolled into one. He's so much more than that. So he obviously thinks those are the best. So a little bit of bias potentially, but yeah, those are the different types of pleasure that people can seek after. Oh, oh taking a break. Pieces are ready. Ta-ra. Seconds for you, but minutes for us. We are the pleasure seekers. We've just had our pizzas and we're back to yes. talk you through the Love virtues. Crust. It was. It was uh, like nothing I've ever experienced before. It was great. Sainsbury's uh, own. Sainsbury's own? Yeah, Sainsbury's own. Oh. Stuffed crust, massive. Teacher's wages, can't, can't go to Sainsbury's. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we crack on. Uh, so we're looking at the moral virtues as we've gone on about already. It's definitely worth mentioning, again, before we get into a range of moral virtues, that intellectuals uh, such as wisdom, intelligence and practical wisdom, good deliberation, they all work in tandem with the moral virtues. So they don't stand apart from each other, they work in tandem. So in order to develop the most increasingly moral agents over time, you get better at all of them. And then you begin to hit that sweet spot, the golden mean, as we talked about in the last episode. So now, with that said, let's delve into the moral virtues as well as myself and Ian's past lives. Well, past in our lives. <laughs> <Yeah>. We <laughs> don't know if we're reincarnated, but that's it. time for another time. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to give some examples of the vices, vices of deficiency and the vices of excess and the virtues themselves in actual practice. It's worth saying I would not recommend that you use these in your exam answers I would come up with yeah. your own examples. But we're just going to try and go through some examples from our lives to help your understanding of the different moral virtues. Good. Okay, so our first one is courage. Um, so courage is your virtue and your deficiency would be cowardice and the excess would be rashness. So cowardice is fearing what you should not. Um, a courageous person is one who faces and, f- and fears they should for the right reason. So I, I can take this one if you want. Yeah, yeah, go, go, So yeah. Um, a time where I hit the vice of excess was rashness. I remember being at a party when I was younger. I just turned 21. I know this because uh, the implement that helped me with this act was a skateboard that I bought myself for my 21st birthday because I was a grown-up. So I decided at this party, having had a few beers, that I'm going to go skateboarding. I go to the top of a railway bridge. It's not too steep, yeah. but our friend lived down the road from one, and I thought, I'll just go from the top, and I'll just cruise down. It was a nice long board, and I thought, hey, 
I'll get up some speed. I'll just do some uh, some nice slalom. Uh, however, what I didn't account for was that uh, roads in the UK, uh, they're not particularly well uh, kept sometimes, depending on where you are. Yeah. And uh, I, as I started to roll down and pick up speed, I, I probably hit about terminal velocity for me, and I was, I was in reasonable control. But this is where the rashness kicked in. I hadn't considered the potholes further down the road that I needed to consider. Yeah. Okay? So it stopped being courage at that point. Uh, well, at any point, really. And uh, and the rashness took over. I hit the pothole. I banged my head. Uh, it was all bleeding everywhere. I ended up having to go to hospital and sing uh, singing Old Before I Die with the ambulance people. Uh, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, the, but fair play to the ambulance people. They looked after me. They said it was a treat not to have to serve or help someone who'd not been in a fight. Um, That's good. So yeah. a treat for them. Uh, rashness for me on all counts. So our next one is temperance. So temperance is where bodily pleasures that animals also share, which are pleasures that we have, the, such as t- touch and taste. And a person is intemperate when they are more pained than they should be in the absence of pleasurable things. So uh, an example for that, I would say, would be wanting something good to eat so someone who had temperance Mm. you might go for something that's tasty but also nutritious someone who's intemperate might just be going for that fast food that pizza that we just had we were quite intemperate yeah don't making us look even worse stuff cross yeah it's great yeah Yeah. so we're not we're still not managing to be virtuous (laughs) on that one but um insensibility that's a deficiency of it so in insensibility that would mean that you could have pleasure out of something without ruining it but you choose instead not to so you those are your rye bread eaters those are your, <laughs> they, they're your rye eaters for lunch yeah instead of getting something that's both nutritious and tasty mm. they're going for just pure well not even nutritious yeah, you know no, like it's just like cardboard isn't it that yeah stuff? yeah, yeah. It is. so that's our temperance and your deficiency is insensibility and not feeling enough and the excess is intemperance going for it good so our next one is the virtue is liberality the deficiency of this is illiberality and the excess is i don't even know how you say this word prodigality prodigality good thank you matthew so liberality or generosity is the virtue that is counter to greed so illiberality the sin of immoderate desire for earthly things wanting stuff too much isn't it yeah wanting stuff too much so i I spend loads of my money on football shirts. That's a terrible pastime. It's a stupid thing to do. And my fiance always shouts at me. She's like, do you really need this? Um, I've got a Dunfermline football shirt. Um, for those of you who don't know, they're like a League Two Scottish team. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know why, but I want them. And that's just me spending my money on stupid things. So I'm greedy. I've got this stupid desire for football shirts, which is a very rational. Yeah. So whereas if you were more liberal, instead of spending your money on old football shirts, mm. you'd be... Maybe giving it to a good cause. Yeah, exactly. So I could give my money to some sort of charity or something. But instead, I've just got all these football shirts. And I don't even wear them that much. They're just kind of hung up. Yeah, so your your prodigality and illiberality in relation to this would be like like hoarding your money in a sense. Yeah, exactly. So my fiancé has got that. She just keeps all the money. Oh, so you balance yourselves out. So as a pair, you've nailed it. Yeah, we're a virtuous pair, but individually not so much. Right, moving on. Next, we've got munificent... It's giving in large amounts for suitable occasions. So, munificence, I've got a friend. He nails munificence, in my mm-hmm. opinion. 
He gives in large amounts on suitable occasions. I'm going to use the occasion as around in the pub. He <laughs> is never scared of buying around in the pub. He often ends up out of pocket. But that's important. A munificent person <laughs> spends gladly and lavishly, not calculating costs, but always for a noble purpose. That noble yeah. purpose being the one who gets the round. You can't argue with that, I don't no, think. No, everybody likes to have a nice time in the pub, don't they? No, Someone yeah. buys you a drink, that's great. That's right, it's yeah. lovely. However, we do have, as a vice of deficiency, pettiness. Now, pettiness, we've all got that one friend, even yourselves at your tender age, have also got that friend that is a skinflint. They yeah. don't want to spend any money beyond what they have to spend. And that is pettiness. The excess of this, and some of us have that friend, mm. some of us don't, vulgarity. Vulgarity yeah. is Splashing the cash without even considering its worth. Yeah. Obama Yang. Oh, Obama. Is that, that's, yeah. that's a London reference. I don't know this. Yeah. Oh, no, Obama oh yeah, Arsenal yeah, yeah. Arsenal player. Yeah. Arsenal striker who's got loads of Lamborghinis and stuff and why. Right. But he is good at football. So. There we go. Yeah. Next up we've got... Um, what do we have next? High-mindedness. Okay. Um, so your deficiency is humble-mindedness. Oh, and one of my favourite words coming yeah, up in a second. Great one. And your excess is vaingloriousness. What a word. What a word, vaingloriousness. So high-mindedness is concerned with great things. A high-minded person claims and deserves great honours. Someone who deserves honours but doesn't claim them is low-minded. And someone who claims honours but doesn't deserve them is vain. Now, in relation to this virtue, actually, Aristotle says it's better to be vainglorious mm. than it is to be humble-minded. Because what will happen throughout life is that, actually, if you're vainglorious, you'll get knocked down a peg or two. Yeah. So if you are, if you claim to be amazing at Fortnite and then actually you get into a game where you're trying to compete with people who you think are at your level, you're eventually going to yeah. get shot, you're going to get killed. Okay? Yeah, and you don't deliver, you'll, you'll become more understanding of your actual skill set and your skill level. Yeah, exactly. Lovely. Our next one is right ambition. So back in Aristotle's times, there was no term for right ambition. There was only too ambitious and not ambitious enough. So right ambition... For us, sits in the middle of those two. So it's closely linked to high-mindedness, as if you don't know your own attributes, then you will fall into one of the excesses of this virtue, mm. either deficiency or excess. So my example for this is The Apprentice. Terrible show. Horrible people. <laughs> Horrible people. <laughs> they don't have the right ambition. They have the excess of this. They have over-ambition. So any one of you guys who watched The Apprentice... You will rant at the telly, you will rant at the people you watch it with or talk about the show with about how these people are absolutely useless yeah. at everything <laughs> that they claim to be excellent at. These people don't are vainglorious and they are overambitious. Yeah. Now, the overambitiousness, lots of people can be vainglorious, but these people also have overambition because... They have applied to be on The Apprentice. <laughs> yeah. And they believe that they are truly worthy of a yeah. quarter of a million pounds yeah. being invested in their businesses. Which I can't believe happens to them at the end. But but it's a great 
example for us. So thank goodness it exists. Yeah, cheers, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so our next um, uh, virtue is good temper. So your deficiency is spiritlessness and your excess is irascibility. Some great words with these uh, excesses and deficiencies. So good temper. This is the virtue that is a mean with respect to anger um, is good temper. So the excess is irascibility or, or bitterness, I guess. Tell you what, we've got a good example for that in a minute. Yeah. I've just remembered one from our past. <laughs> okay. So if one is irascible, he gets angry quickly and retaliates, but then forgets about it. A good-tempered person is one who becomes angry on the right occasions with the right people at the right time and for the right length of time. And a deficiency of anger is spiritlessness. Just not caring. Yeah. But that's not the example that I've got. I've got one for irascibility and that is my own mother yes do you remember <laughs> yeah. when we yes, went to pick mother, my mum and dad up from a wedding yeah and they were pretty smashed yeah in, in high spirits that's not that's not slash them too much but they were in high spirits so uh i was driving and uh my mother wasn't particularly happy with something that i was saying so nothing yeah. new there yeah however she understood that i um I couldn't be hit, yeah, because, because I was driving, driving a car. Yeah. So your mother, in her in her wisdom, um, decided to hit me instead. Yeah, so that's definitely <laughs> in practice irascibility <laughs> because that is the definition of bitterness. Yeah. I can't hit you, so I'm going to hit your friend. Yeah, who had done nothing wrong at that time. At that time, at being that the time. key part. Yeah, yeah. so so yeah, um, good temper, not in my mother's virtues yet. Mm. Uh, I, I can't say things have improved. And that was over 10 years ago. That was 10 years ago. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> how we age. Um, and, but interestingly, how my mother's still practicing trying to get to that virtue of good temper. Yeah, maybe one day she'll get there. I'm not sure. Sorry, mum. Okay, next up, we've got friendliness or civility. So the deficiency of this is surliness. We all know a surly person in our lives. The excess of this is obsequiousness. Honestly, the words, words just keep coming. Words, yeah. If you could get these into your everyday diction, people are going to marvel at you. So it can be described as friendliness, although Aristotle doesn't give it an official name, as with some of these. He tends to outline the excess and the deficiency, and we've filled in the blanks for the golden mean, yeah. for what we best think fits. There are two extreme types of people, those who are surly and those who are obsequious and flattering. Mm. I, those people are over flattering yeah. overindulge people yeah. that so someone who's over complimentary yeah an, oh, ass, I an ass kisser an ass kisser yeah. I was just <laughs> going to say oh I love your hair that sort yeah. of thing I've not had it done I've not got hair that's to be proud of but mm. those people that's yeah. my example for yeah. that yeah. Um, and then surliness someone who is a grump just no yeah. enjoyment no friendliness no interaction with people surly grumpy best yeah. example i can give of this year 11 students scrooge mcduck <laughs> <laughs> so scrooge before yeah. he'd had his interactions with the ghosts surly surly man yeah not pleasant to be around excellent next virtue sincerity so the deficiency is sarcasm of course and, it is yeah, and the excess very good matthew <laughs> and the excess is boastfulness um so sincerity this might also be referred to as truthfulness um, and boastfulness and sarcasm are the extremes of this virtue or the, the um, deficiency in the excess. So boastfulness is exaggerating the truth, whereas sarcasm is a fruitless attempt to mask it. So we've got 
one beautifully shining lantern of boastfulness sat inside the White House. Yep, the Donald. The Donald. He is boastfulness personified. I cannot yeah. think of a better example. I really liked it when he got his health check to be president and then it turned out that he was the healthiest president of all of time. Of all time. He is so healthy that nobody even comes close. But, but any, anyway, <laughs> he definitely wasn't uh, downplaying this, was he? No, no, he he was boastful on it. Um, sincerity, that's when we're talking about it's just truth you're being sincere yeah when, being sincere yeah. being truthful yeah um sarcasm we're all good at that specifically i think uh my year 12s and 13s mm. they yeah, love my being, year 13s are pretty decent they love a little bit of sarcasm yeah anyway next one just <laughs> shows, shows my great relations with them um Next one, we've got wittiness, which some of those people being sarcastic believe themselves to be. So, wittiness being the sweet spot, the golden mean. Deficiency being boorishness. And the excess being buffoonery. So, very go. good. There's some well buffoonery done. for you. Uh, hitting high, <laughs> high levels yeah, of high levels wittiness of... here. But does that not make it actually witty? Yeah, in context, I guess that was kind of a witty thing to do. Yes, well. There we go, I'm hitting that virtue. Well done, proud of you. Um, The mean with regard to humour and amusement is wit. This virtue entails saying the right things in the right manner and also listening to the things properly. So it takes multiple people to do this one. Mm. Uh, The witty and the tactful person amuses others in his conversation, not through mockery of others or innuendo, uh, <laughs> I have one particular teacher from my past springs to mind, an old drama teacher. Yeah. Will remain nameless. Okay. Uh, <laughs> best. Um, but, <laughs> um, but through intelligence instead. Now, deficiency would lead someone to be crude or offensive, and yeah. excess would lead someone to be too eager to amuse. Now, my example of this with regard to wittiness, it's the difference between myself and my brother. So... I am, in my mother's opinion, quite witty. Yeah. We have some, uh, I won't call it banter, I don't like that word, mm. but we've got rapport yeah. uh, between uh, the way we interact. Uh, and I say things that are on the cusp mm-hmm. of too far. But never but quite well, going over that line. Well, this is it. They're well received by my mother because yeah. of the delivery of such things. Mm-hmm. However, my brother's delivery of the same words <laughs> is a lot less tactful sophisticated and uh, and he doesn't read the room yeah so he often goes down as boorish mm. whereas myself the, the height of wit in my family um, they can write in and uh, complain about that but I'm going to stick to that yeah I'll, I'll, I'll back you on that one thank you okay um Nearly there. We've got two more to go. So One that I've just been uh, expressing, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, modesty. Um, so your deficiency is bashfulness and your excess is shamelessness. So a modest person is straightforward and truthful. They don't acknowledge any more or any less than the qualities that they actually have. So it's up to you to judge how uh, sort of witty Matthew was there. Was he being modest or was he sort of going into the excess of shamelessness I'm sure that I absolutely nailed it. (laughs) So the excess when it comes to this virtue is shamelessness. Um, This is when someone decides to lay claim to esteemed qualities that he either does not have or has to a lesser degree than they claim. The deficiency of this is bashfulness. 
This is when someone seems to disclaim those qualities they have or to play them down. That's just basically saying, me? Oh, no, not me. Yeah. I'm, no, I've not done that. Yeah, no, no, I couldn't no. possibly have done that. No. Um, we, we've, I, well, I say, like, we've got some very talented friends, haven't we? Yeah, a few. Yeah. yeah. And I would probably put some of those in the old bashful category. Yeah, we've got some, some musicians, yeah. good friends, um, who, are, who are very good and... And, yeah. and yeah. I've held in high regard in their professions, yeah. but still like to say and play themselves down. Yeah, exactly. Um, so shamelessness, though, is being like, I am absolutely incredible. I am brilliant. And uh, you can't back it up with your actions. Yeah. So I'm often like that um, when I play football. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm like Van Dyke when I play. <laughs> a towering centre back yeah. <laughs> that doesn't suit yeah, your, your physics foot, five foot seven <laughs> in, in heels so so modesty uh, if you hit the sweet spot of knowing how good you are and saying it that's grand but if you're not so good do you fall into shamelessness and if you play down your skill set you're bashful yeah Last up on Aristotle's uh, virtues is just resentment. Um, it's almost self-explanatory. So when you are suitably annoyed about something, you are just resenting. Yeah, my year thirteens walked out of their exam early last week, and, and you have just, just you have just resentment over yeah, that. Yeah, I was just like, it takes three hours. You've got to write a lot. Use the time. <laughs> they left after two hours because they, um, to quote, oh, so we were bare hungry and we just need to have some lunch. Okay, so... Yeah, um, I was just annoyed. That would actually fall into the deficiency, callousness. Your, mm. your students were being callous with the time that they had because it is a cruel disregard for others, yeah. the other person being you and the time and effort that you genuinely spend on your students. Yeah. So, callousness shown by them. However, the excess would be spitefulness or just being, I don't want to swear on the podcast, I'm going to, I'm going to refrain, yeah. but you know what I was going to say. Yeah. So, just being very out of order uh, for a prolonged <laughs> amount of time over a certain thing. And that wraps up all of the different virtues. Now, as you might expect, and as you've just heard, it is unlikely for people to hit that golden mean that we talked about in the last episode first time. This shows one of the draws of virtue ethics, in my opinion. It is appealing because it allows you to get things wrong. But what is truly really important here, though, is that you learn from getting it wrong. And as mentioned much earlier in another episode, you adjust your behavior in the future in order to become more virtuous next time you have a decision to make. It is the case of practice makes perfect. And Durant again here, becoming what we repeatedly do, as mentioned in the last episode. Aristotle recognised, though, let's face it, not all people will attain to the virtues. He did, though, argue that a balance between the intellectual and the moral virtues are essential. And at the top of this episode, we did say they work in tandem together. Mm. And that's really important to understand. If you only think about the moral virtues, you are not thinking about virtue ethics as a whole. So further to this point, if you don't understand what you've done wrong, you can't make it better in the future. So that is how the intellectual virtues tie in with these moral virtues. But that alone... If you just focus on the moral virtues, 
you can practice them and practice them and practice them. And that might result in conformity or a standard behavior that you, you are expected to do. You'd become an automaton. You become a robot, basically, yeah. following the rules. And we all know a robot. So Aristotle urged people to think about the life that we lead to, not just the way in which we act, but then also to reflect on them. Aristotle believed that one of the main aims of ourselves becoming virtuous is to seek about the well-being of the group or the society in which we live in. So well-being of individuals alone, that's important, yes, but Aristotle, he really wanted people to encourage the practice of the virtues so that the society itself will be a really harmonious place. Yeah, it's hard to be virtuous in an unvirtuous world. Oh, soundbite. Yeah, soundbite. That's beautiful. Lovely. Poetic. And that's a nice spot to end on. It is a great spot to end on. So thank you for joining us. I hope you've learned a little bit about myself, a little bit about Ian, and how we are still on our own uh, journeys to becoming virtuous. But we seem to have got there, or at least made progress. But by no means... With the pizzas that we've just had. Are we there yet? So thank you for listening in to episode three. And join us again next time, which is where we're going to be looking at Aristotle's conclusion on virtue ethics, which is really worth tuning into for a better understanding of the final line that Aristotle draws under it. Thanks for listening and ta Oh, see you later. Bye.